Hi, it's Mark Bittman. Welcome to Food. As always, you can email us at food at markbittman.com. We'd love to hear what you say, and we will respond. Please subscribe to our podcast and rate us wherever you get your podcast. Needless to say, rate us highly if you can. And consider, too, subscribing to our thrice-weekly newsletter, The Bitman Project. You can find that and many other goodies, including ancillary materials about the podcast, at bitmanproject.com. Okay, I'll be right back. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Have you ever bought something, owned something that really inspired you to up your game? A tennis racket, a new pair of running shoes, a new piece of cooking equipment that made you just want to cook your brains out? I know that when I first started cooking on induction burners, I just couldn't stop. It was so much fun. When we own exceptional things, they inspire us to do exceptional things. The all-new Lexus GX has an exceptional capability that will have you seeing possibilities you never knew existed. Its advanced technology and luxurious interior mean that wherever you go, you'll never go without. Some of the features that are available on this car include dynamic sky panorama glass roof, front row massaging seats, you know you want that, available 33-inch all-terrain tires, which you will want when you check out the multi-terrain select. These are really great features, the kind of features that will make you proud and happy to own a Lexus GX. Live up to the all-new Lexus GX, luxury beyond limits. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. We're all drinking more water these days, and we're all concerned that we're drinking safe, clean, unpolluted water. Yet, according to our friends at the Environmental Working Group, three out of four homes in the United States have harmful contaminants in their tap water. That's why it's worth checking out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process, and their countertop purifiers work with no insulation or plumbing. They remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and are specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS, you know, those forever chemicals, in your water supply. PFAS, by the way, is found in almost 45% of U.S. tap water. AquaTrue has water purifiers to fit every type of home, from installation-free countertop purifiers to higher-capacity under-sink options. 
Their proprietary purification technology is independently tested to remove over 80 of the most harmful contaminants, including chlorine, fluoride, arsenic, PFAS, nitrates, and many, many others. The filters are affordable and long-lasting, and they do not need changing every two or three months like so many others. They last from six months to up to two years. Just one set of filters from their classic purifier makes the equivalent of 4,500 bottles of water, less than three cents a bottle. Plus, you won't be buying bottled water, and it'll save the environment from tons of single-use plastic waste. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and makes a great gift. Today, listeners to Food with Mark Bittman receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to AquaTrue.com, that's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com, and enter code Bittman at checkout. For 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier, go to AquaTrue.com and use the promo code Bittman, B-I-T-T-M-A-N. Today, I'm having a conversation with my friends, Nancy Easton and Bill Telepan. Nancy, an educator, founded what became called Wellness in the Schools almost 20 years ago. And Wellness in the Schools is an organization that, among other things, teaches school cooks and helps school cooks learn how to and execute food from scratch, a big, radical departure from the direction things had and have been going in in the last 50 years. Two or three years later, Nancy recruited one of New York's most famous and beloved and personable, I would say, chefs, Bill Telepan, who at the time was running the well-known and again beloved Upper West Side restaurant called Telepan, and Bill became the chief chef for wellness in the schools. They've worked together very closely for the last 15 years and have had a number of successes, somewhat startling successes which have led now to the full, or ultimately will lead to the full funding of wellness in the schools as a training program in New York's public school system, which serves more meals per day than any other entity in the United States, excluding the military. So it's a great story. They are enthusiastic, lively, fun, and wonderful people. I think you'll enjoy the conversation. Here we go. Welcome, Nancy and Bill. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, Mark. It's good to see you both. Well, we're going to talk about wellness in the schools, and I think the thing to do is to talk about how it started, because it's like 20 years old now, and I think, Nancy, you started it, or you and some other people. Can you want to talk about that, that and the that impetus behind it? Um, so, yes, this was a, wow, take me back. I was a school leader in the Lower East Side of Manhattan. I watched kids come into school with a bag of chips and a bottle of soda. That was breakfast. Lunch was an overly processed school meal. Recess was a very sedentary time of day. And the children really couldn't walk a flight of stairs without having to stop to catch their breath. They were bringing in deli bags from the corner, really, for their meals. And anyway, I was a young school leader and a parent and of kids who were about to enter public schools in New York. And I said, we have to change this. And that was 99% naivete. So... Again, this was the early 90s when I was running this school, and not too many people were talking about illnesses related to poor diet, right, and, and lack of movement. Uh, Michelle Obama was not yet our first lady with her huge initiative, right? Jamie Oliver was not all over the TV talking about the ills of school meals. And 
we were in a, a shared building. So there were high school students who had had children, not to encourage that, but to discourage them from dropping out. Mm-hmm. So their children were there. Then there were teachers and guidance counselors who had their kids in this program. So it was a, a great mix of kids. I was going to show people how to serve healthy school meals in this perfect, you know, microcosm of New York City. I don't know if you remember Slice. It's no longer here, but it was the first kind of vegan, whole wheat crust, pizza sauce, chock full of vegetables and soy cheese instead of, you know, mozzarella. Anyway, they they delivered pizza once a week and Candle Cafe gave us food one day a week. And then the other three days, I actually brought in volunteer chefs to help make homemade meals in this sort of makeshift kitchen. And inevitably, the volunteer chef would get a job, which was good for him or her, but not so great for me. So I did find myself making these meals. Again, not a chef, but wanting to make meals from scratch. I practiced there and I did get the attention of the supervisor of Manhattan, sort of wondering what we were doing here. Fast forward the next year, my daughter got into this four-year-old program where Bill's daughter was in first grade in my local school. So that was a, that was at Ella Baker where I was working. But then I got her into her in the lottery into our local school, went there, sort of continued on, not just in the one little classroom, because when you're three, you can eat in the classroom. So the kids would go upstairs and get like the milk and the fruit, but then come back and get the meal that we had donated, or I think we raised a little bit of money. So that was sort of our way to fix school lunch in this one class of 18 kids. So that was that first year. And then the next year we thought, well, realize, you know, obviously can't do it in one classroom. So we started working with the kitchen at that point. And then that's when I met Bill. We were working with the cafeteria lunch ladies and we were making up, you know, developing recipes. And we thought, well, let's showcase this to to parents and parent-teacher conferences. So we did. We donned our hairnets and our, you know, plastic aprons and our gloves. And we were standing (laughs) at the table when the parents came in, (laughs) Bill remembers. And um, in walked Bill Telepan. I didn't know him by face, but I knew the restaurant that everybody loved on the Upper West Side. And he came in and said, hey, what's going on? He grabbed, he was late, as he usually is. So he grabbed just like that, hey, what's going on? (laughs) (laughs) He he grabbed something, a chicken Caesar wrap. He's like, I'm hungry. I grabbed both of them, Nance. Okay, he grabbed both. (laughs) And up to to Leah's conference, he he came back, and the way he tells the story, which I'm sure he can tell you, is that she got straight A's on her parent-teacher conference. Um, But he did, he was curious, and he came over to me. And actually, I repeat this a lot, and my husband repeats this a lot. He reminds me, he says, Bill Telepin said, how can I help? And that's really how we went beyond this one school to the two other schools in East Harlem and then 19 schools the next year and started to really get the attention. Now that you're part of the picture, Bill, maybe you can pick up the story and tell how it developed further since we're getting to a place where it's a big story. I mean, it's a great story so far, but eventually it's a big story. Yeah. So I remember that day. And then I, I and then so they would have these um, wellness meetings, uh, Nancy and, and the group of, of uh, moms and they had I guess, a wellness committee. And so I went to one of them right after shortly right after that. And I think that was a time when David Berkowitz was there. Nancy, I don't remember his role, but what was his role? Not David Berkowitz, the this Son killer. Son of Sam, um, but it was his name was also David Berkowitz, right? We all remembered his name for better, of course. Some guy. So, so he was there. He was kind of like uh, up there in the food school food situation. We're talking about these sandwiches, and they're talking about. There was also talk about salad bars, and uh, 
And I just remember for some reason there was like donuts and stuff hanging out because that's what they did. We were having this big day where I think they were showcasing the sandwiches that Nancy and them produced. And I was there to support and help whenever I can and just sort of list, learn more about the program. And um, and I just remember him like, you know, Nancy and everyone getting excited about like, you know, yeah, well, we might be getting these sandwiches on the menu. And then him, he was like, he like grabbed the donut and just kind of like made this face like, yeah, that's not going to happen type thing. You know what I mean? And I was just like, it just pissed me off. All right. I just remember an appointment downtown. I left this meeting and I was kind of feeling like slightly defeated almost like saying like, this isn't going to go anywhere. These people that school food is really tough. And I was just thinking on this. I remember I was on the B train. I forget where I was going. It was downtown. And I was like, you know what? I, I, I think I can just go into these schools and make a meal. Why can't I just go into my daughter's school and make one meal and see how it goes? Mm. And so I asked them to, I asked Nancy to get us the recipe book. And, and so I wanted to sort of follow the guidelines. I didn't want to just make something up. So I found their vegetarian chili recipe and I looked at it and there was a couple things. I was like, we can make this better in a way that's healthier. It doesn't have the sugar, doesn't have the tomato spaghetti sauce that has sugar in it and this stuff. And so I took that recipe and modified it and created a recipe, this vegetarian chili recipe that basically became our signature dish going forward. We still cook it. It's still on the menu. And I made it in my daughter's school for 700 kids. We had this big day and it was fantastic. 700 kids is a big pot. (laughs) Then you see the kitchen. (laughs) The the thing about it, Mark, was this, is that everybody was just like, how every school is different. How can you make, how can you actually do something like this? How could you scratch cook into these kitchens? And the thing is, it's basically, my daughter's school was basically the least common denominator when you looked at what all the school kitchens was. Their kitchen had two convection ovens, a one burner pot and a steamer, okay? So you really can't do much with that, right? So I made this chili recipe and it was a huge success. And so we decided at that point that we wanted to try do another day. We called them cafe days at that. We just developed it at that point. We would do a day where we did Nancy's sandwiches that they created. Plus I knew the guy at Hudson Valley Fresh, right? At that time. So I invited him to sort of bring his milk down to the school. He came down. We did a sandwich and milk day with this Hudson Valley fresh milk. And then the next one we did was a salad bar day. We just created a big salad bar because they had a salad bar. And basically the salad bar would have, you know, some romaine lettuce, um, some onions, some styrofoam tomatoes, as I like to recall <laughs> my article that I did. And, and you know, and, and, and pretty much that's it. And some, and some jarred dressing. So we created this thing, salad bar, where we had spinach in it. We had beautiful lettuce. We got some good tomatoes. We created com- uh, composed salads, like a chickpea salad. And I couple other things. And we had just, you know, pepper, we had pepper rings, you know, (laughs) things like that, you know, we had just a lot of fun with it. And then we did it in the two other schools that Nancy was in. Right. As you're talking, I'm just sort of chuckling because it's so not systemic. This, you know, like everyone on the Upper West Side, because everyone knew Bill Telepin, thought that, um, you know, Bill Telepin was now serving school lunch in New York City, you know, (laughs) and it's just, the change was not going to be systemic change is what I was trying to say. It, you know, it was like one school, three right. one schools school at um, a time. Yeah. yeah. And there are just so to, to make sure everyone understands this, there are 1200 yes. school buildings in New York city, 1800 schools. Cause there are a lot of shared spaces, but 1200 cafeterias, the, they, the, the Department of Education, Office of Food Nutrition Services feeds over 1 million children every day. Second, an institutional feeding to the military in this country. So the scale of this is massive, which is why, again, where we are today, (laughs) we're still pinching ourselves that we're working in such great partnership 
And so, and then basically, to, just to quickly continue, it's just like, you know, we went into, we were going into eight schools the following year. And then, um, so we did those same cafe days in those schools, me and volunteers. So we'd go in the day before prep and get stuff ready and then for the next day. And then we'd go in the next day, heat stuff up, get it all set up and, and work alongside the cafeteria workers with this. Being very, the key was to be very respectful to them because I didn't want to go in there saying, oh, you're doing it wrong or anything like that. I wanted to sort of say, this is your kitchen. Um, you know, how can I help? I'm going to make this recipe. But if there's anything else I could help you with. And I was very polite to them, you know, really wanted to respect them because I knew they had they had pride. A lot of them had pride. And in my time talking to a lot of them, they would also say to me, oh, we used to do this kind of cooking 10 years ago, 15 years ago. Um, and they stopped doing it. And so in that year, in those eight schools, I also developed a couple more recipes and I that I would test in like my daughter's school and others, a couple of the other older schools that we were in. And it basically had a month's worth of recipes. I mean, we had to keep pizza Fridays because they didn't want to change that. But we had a month's worth of scratch cooked recipes that we were able that we were at that point. Nancy was just like, well, why don't we create this sort of teach for America like program? hire culinary students that are going to school or people who work, you know, who have second jobs in the night that may be able to help. And we did. And we found and we we found we went into 20 schools the next year. What year are we talking about? How many schools at this point? And where's the money coming from? Everybody's going to want to know where the money's coming from. So I think this was uh, 2010. Yeah, yeah, it was 2010 when that that menu went out. So what we did, which is, I think, important to this podcast, is we actually, in the eight schools, you know, how are you going to fund this? How are you going to get these people? So we actually recruited 40 volunteers. They had, they all had day jobs, yeah. IBM, you know, big jobs, or some may have been some stay-at-home moms or dads, but most of them had day jobs. They were so into this that they asked their companies if they could take a day off work to volunteer in New York City Public School. So we had... They for each school there were five volunteers, hence the forty volunteers, yeah. and they had this email chain going on. The you know I I washed and cut the carrots today for the salad bar. When you come in tomorrow, you'll be ready to do this. And it was this, and we was mostly working on salad bars. To be fair, Bill, yeah. Bill, you create some recipes, but we were mostly working on the salad bars, and we were teaching and training the school cooks to do it themselves. To be fair, we would walk into schools and it was almost like a boxing ring. We'd see like the witch chef on one corner and the often as cook on the other, you know, plating chicken fingers and we were making a salad bar. So we were like, wait a minute, we got to deal with this. So that year was all volunteers. We did have two managers and we had the schools pay for us. So I, I remember a, a school in a sort of more affluent neighborhood paid us $3,000. The school in the high poverty neighborhood didn't pay us anything. And we gave, we gave the $3,000 to the manager of the school. So we have someone, Bill and I were volunteering. Again, I still have my day job. And we had these managers who were making $1,500 a school to manage what was going on. So that was our budget. It was probably, you know, $20,000 for that year. We had our first fundraiser and we raised $40,000. Mm -hmm. um, and Fast was that your cousin's house? That was at my cousin's apartment yeah. on the Free Side. <laughs> uh, I, was I was surprised that people even showed up. I thought it was just going to be me and my three friends drinking organic beer and eating tofu, right? But it was <laughs> yeah, a lot. It was we had to run out and get more food in the middle of the dinner. <laughs> anyway, that was back then. That was when we were in eight schools, mostly volunteers. Still, we had developed the five hundred one c three, and we decided, you know what? If we're going to do this, we have to do this. 
And we decided we're going to go in, we're going to expand, we're going to grow. We're not just going to double, we're going to go into 20 schools next year. <laughs> so that was the big number. And again, maybe 2010, maybe 2011. And we decided I was to raise money that year for the following year. And two very important pieces. One was that we could not sustain ourselves on volunteers. And two is that we needed to add an educational component. I come to all of this work as an educator, not as, again, not as a chef. We thought, you know, you can't just, as we saw in LA, as we see all over, you can't just throw organic tofu on a kid's plate and say, eat it. Right. So we wanted to have a, a pretty robust education component. So we, de- we, we developed um, cooking classes for kids, all recipes that they'd be seeing in the cafeteria. So we, de- we developed a cooking class of vegetarian chili. We developed a hummus. We developed applesauce, um, which was on the salad bar. We developed a tomato sauce, which then went on their pasta. And we would say to them, they were like, this is great. I love it. You know, we had plastic mats and plastic lettuce knives for every kid from kindergarten down. There was always a cutting component, a cooking component. And then we would demo it up front. They loved what they ate. And we said, guess what? It's on your menu tomorrow. It's on your menu on Friday. It's on your menu on Thursday, which I think is really, really important to point out um, in terms of the success of the program. Those are now our famous WITS labs. And we have developed many more. Really smart. Um, yeah, thank you. So... <laughs> <laughs> Um, so that was that was all happening this year, raising money, hiring now staff, and developing the education component so that we can go into 20 schools the following year, basically hiring these volunteers, 20 of whom then came to work for us. Although the budget line was $25,000 a school, and by like September, I'd only raised enough money for 19 schools. So I was like, we got to stop here. We got to stop here. I'm done. <laughs> so we had only 19 schools, even, and we thought, you know. We could call it 20. That was the the critical year in terms of our growth. Right. But a lot is different today. So why don't you talk about that stuff a bit, either or both of you? We're way past 19 schools. Yeah. I was going to offer Mark <laughs> a, a funny little story about those early days. So there was a woman named Jan Greenberg who wrote for Edible, the Edible magazines. And she, so she wrote an article for She was writing an article for Edible Manhattan about chefs who did volunteer work, right? And so she had interviewed a couple of chefs and then she interviewed me about what I was doing. And so I was telling her story about what we we just told you what we're doing, but basically how I was really involved cooking in the schools, doing all the blah, 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 helping Nancy and this and the team, you know, build this program. And she was like, wow, that's pretty incredible. You know what? I'm I'm gonna do a story on you instead. And so she did this story, interviewed me. And I think, you know, some of the lines that I said in the story were like, you know, uh, something along the lines like, uh, you know, this is crap. This is bad food, but all kinds of stuff. It was just really nasty. But it got us a lot of attention. It got us a tremendous amount of attention um, from people in the, who were interested. I got a lot of calls about it. Sure, Nancy got a lot of phone calls about it. And then one day we walked into a meeting with school food in their Long Island office. And on the table was the Edible Manhattan. And they weren't very happy about it, but, <laughs> but they, if I felt like a Nancy agree or disagree at that point, we kind of, I don't want to say had them, but we kind of had them. So they couldn't just all of a sudden like say you're out because we were getting all this attention. So those, that little thing was kind of a little helpful to help us get in there and get their attention and, and sort of work more together with them. And, and I used the quotes as Nancy said, we didn't really have the support <laughs> that we have now. That like now is incredible. It's a totally different mind frame of what's going on. Uh, but at this point, it was just like it sort of kept us in there, which was good. 
I'll be back in a minute with more from me, Nancy Easton, and Bill Telepan. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. We're all drinking more water these days, and we're all concerned that we're drinking safe, clean, unpolluted water. Yet, according to our friends at the Environmental Working Group, three out of four homes in the United States have harmful contaminants in their tap water. That's why it's worth checking out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process, and their countertop purifiers work with no installation or plumbing. They remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and are specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS, you know, those forever chemicals, in your water supply. PFAS, by the way, is found in almost 45% of U.S. tap water. AquaTrue has water purifiers to fit every type of home, from installation-free countertop purifiers to higher-capacity under-sink options. Their proprietary purification technology is independently tested to remove over 80 of the most harmful contaminants, including chlorine, fluoride, arsenic, PFAS, nitrates, and many, many others. The filters are affordable and long-lasting, and they do not need changing every two or three months like so many others. They last from six months to up to two years. Just one set of filters from their classic purifier makes the equivalent of 4,500 bottles of water. Less than three cents a bottle. Plus, you won't be buying bottled water and it'll save the environment from tons of single-use plastic waste. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and makes a great gift. 
Today, listeners to Food with Mark Bittman receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to AquaTrue.com, that's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com, and enter code Bittman at checkout. For 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier, go to AquaTrue.com and use the promo code Bittman, B-I-T-T-M-A-N. Have you ever bought something, owned something that really inspired you to up your game? A tennis racket, a new pair of running shoes, a new piece of cooking equipment that made you just want to cook your brains out? I know that when I first started cooking on induction burners, I just couldn't stop. It was so much fun. When we own exceptional things, they inspire us to do exceptional things. The all-new Lexus GX has an exceptional capability that will have you seeing possibilities you never knew existed. Its advanced technology and luxurious interior mean that wherever you go, you'll never go without. Some of the features that are available on this car include dynamic sky panorama glass roof, front row massaging seats, you know you want that, available 33-inch all-terrain tires, which you will want when you check out the multi-terrain select. These are really great features, the kind of features that will make you proud and happy to own a Lexus GX. Live up to the all-new Lexus GX. Luxury beyond limits. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Let's skip a little of the intervening years and get to where wellness in the schools is at now, because it's really an incredible success story. Yes, it's an incredible story. It's also sort of the perfect storm in the best of ways, starting with the leadership of our mayor. The funding is coming from city dollars paid by OFNS, and I can share that a little bit more in a minute. But also, this is truly, it is, and it has been for so many years, grassroots organizing, and really also like listening to our communities and what they want and what they know is right. And and we're not going away. I mean, we have not gone away for 20 years. And I think that really the perseverance, the building of trust, the persistence is is, is a really important part of the story. But I think we got our, quote unquote, got our break thanks to the the convergence of many of many individuals in the, in the city now. Yes, the mayor who one of his many platforms is leading by, you know, his vegan diet or now it's, you know, right. sometimes vegan diet. We put together a chef council which Bill can talk to you more about. So we developed 100 scratch cooked plant-based culturally relevant recipes. We tested those recipes at the OFNS headquarters. We created training videos for the school cooks. We built this program, the model that we presented to the mayor's office and to, and to the mayor's office of food policy was very different then than what it looks like today. This last year, we were really building out that model. And I think that privately funded planning year was very, very critical to the success of the program. Exactly. And so when we went into, we would develop these recipes and then what we sort of picked out like up to 10 recipes that we're actually moving forward with right now. And we would do taste tests with these kids. And it was kind of fun. Like some of them would recognize like, oh, this is kind of like my family would make this recipe at home. Um, it's just, and the kids were really interesting about like, because you think of kids like, oh, the whole point is like, yes, they get free lunch, right? But you don't want to just give them pizza or whatnot, right? Just throw it on the plate and, and just move forward. You just want to be, we want to be able to sort of bring recipes that these kids have grown up with or their family has made or make it sort of something comfortable that they're used to, but in a version that's sort of going to nourish them to sort of, you know, help them as the witch says, you know, live, learn and thrive. You know what I mean? So that's kind of where we were going with this. 
Equally as exciting was the school cooks who also come from very similar backgrounds as the yes, kids. Yes. And they recognized the dishes and they were very excited about preparing them. So that was last year. That was the privately funded year where we were developing recipes. We were at OFNS making sure they met the USDA and New York City guidelines, which are stricter. And we were, again, working side by side with the team at OFNS. Fast forward to this year where we then hired 60 chefs. Um, I mean, and, incredible. And we're now working on, we're now working off city dollars and the chefs now go into schools. Basically there are, again, I went back to the, the, the numbers. There are 1200 school buildings. The original model had us working in the school buildings all in one year. Again, we changed that to over two years. So 60 chefs are doing now side-by-side training on these recipes in the kitchens um, for two months, one week in one school, one week in another. So over the course of the year, they will have worked in 10 schools 600 chefs in 10 schools. We will have trained side by side in 600 school buildings. Take the summer off, go back and do it again the following year to, to get the 1,200 buildings. So that model is really meant to be very equitable. That every It's not just like a little pilot school is getting this recipe. Every single school in New York City, again, they're developed at OFNS headquarters. Every single school gets the recipes. Every single kitchen will get the training because... You know, some schools may not get this training until May of 2025. We do have videos and we'll continue to create these videos that they can look at, they can watch with their managers. Um, we also have done what we call a cook camp that you've been part of, Mark, at, at Institute of Culinary Education, where we have pulled out 32 cook ambassadors. There's so many great byproducts of this program. OFNS has selected 32 of their best of their best who are now leaders in their district. So they came and did off-site training with us on all the recipes, and they're now tasked with going back and training their their peers on this. And I think that's going to be the key to it all right now. I think that was really important, uh, learning that they did bring those 32 people in. Because, I mean, over the years, I mean, you need to have that sort of liaison between us and and the cooks. And we can't be everywhere, like Nancy said, and we're not going to. And hopefully with these training videos... If they have questions, they can work off those because they've already been trained and they could go into the schools and help out. Nancy and I have said this for 18 years. Our our job here is to become obsolete, right? We don't want to have to do this for the rest of our lives. And we don't want to, anybody to have to do this in the rest of our lives. We want everybody to think this way. I mean, it's so important when you think about the beginnings of a childhood um, are so important in many ways, but food is really important. And I think that we're not, we don't recognize that. We try to pacify kids with, with garbage and, and, and fast food just to sort of feed them something, but it's hurting them and they don't really understand it. And I think the education part and the why is huge. And the other thing that's really incredible too, and I'm just going to backtrack a little when you talk about the school cooks, now we're empowering. They feel so good about themselves. Like not, they're not coming in and just opening a box anymore. They're, they're learning a skill. They're, they're, they're taking ownership. Yeah, of that's, a, that's a really important thing. That's really empowering. We're empowering them to do this stuff. And it's really great knowing way, way back when, when I first started getting involved is that like they used to do that and they take pride in it. I remember one day I was cooking something in the school and I said, I need a rice recipe. And I was going to make something. The woman goes, I'll make you rice. And she made this really incredible rice for the kids that day. And they know how to do it. So going back and giving them this, those skills is huge. Yeah. And I think without sounding too hyperbolic, we do really look at this as a model public-private partnership. I think right, like yeah. said and what you were saying earlier, like we are not coming in and doing it all for them. We're really, we've, we've built such a relationship with the department and we are really working side by side and they are being lifted up and they're doing this work. And it's, right. I mean- 
through the pandemic, school cooks were elevated as 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 heroes, and they are. And now to be doing this with them so closely and giving them many more skills to be able to do what we all know is is right and best for kids. But so, like, you're at a point where this is sustainable. I mean, you have commitments for this to keep happening, for it to stabilize and grow, which is a different stage than it's been at before. So. What happens now? I mean, where do the, what do the next few years look like? Yeah, hundred percent. Well, this particular model is, is you know millions of dollars from the city for two years, and I, I think I see year three or four, however, however we want to count that, as probably a maintenance year. You know, there are we've done the training check, but you know you're never going to check, right? Pockets of schools who might need more training on salad bars, pockets of schools that might need more training on you know cooking rice, whatever it is, um, equipment use, that kind of thing. And I think that we will see ourselves probably not 60. We would scale back to the number of chefs and really see ourselves as, you know, maybe full-time chefs who are going in. I don't want to use the word triage, but really just helping again, working. We could be really the training department for these districts. And as Bill said, you know, we're national, we're working in schools in California and in Florida and New Jersey. And these are districts of 12 schools, literally 12 schools. So, you know, we could scale that quite easily or downsize that quite easily. Nationally, we're doing this cook camp training. You know, we're, we're, we're trying to scale back in terms of our presence, but we'll, we'll, we'll train cooks at a district. The districts will basically purchase us through federal dollars or city or state dollars to do our training, these, these cook camp trainings, two, one day, two days, three days during their professional development. We'll do one or two or three of those throughout the year. And then we'll provide technical assistance ongoing. A hotline right. will start come in and out. So we don't have to have this heavy resource load because I don't think that is sustainable. We Again, we want to be absolutely want to scale ourselves back, but we could provide this training in different ways. Right. Because once a school system has the tools, yes, do you see this growing by school by school, by parent by parent, or do you see it growing by district by district, by the bureaucracy or by parents reaching out to you and saying, we want to do what you're doing in our town or in our school district or whatever? I think we will still get outreach from parents. That's That was a 20-year-ago model, right? I will say to them, we can't make change unless you have buy-in from your leadership. That's what I would say. Get me, some, get me the person at the district who wants to do this, and then I'll talk to you. I mean, it's kind of interesting because you didn't have that buy-in. So that is correct. it might not be the right advice. <laughs> no, I think that I've gotten wiser. <laughs> yeah, but you and made I'm happy it happen. to talk to every parent. And I think, right. you know, it's how so many things start, right? From one person making noise. But I think in order to make real systemic change, you need to have, you need to have like-minded leadership. I think this model is incredible. And I think it's really can happen. And I think uh, across the country, it, we were in the, we've been in this game for 18 years, so maybe the next 18 years is this becoming that. Yeah, it's amazing. It's a great story. I have one sort of last question that's completely out of the blue, has nothing to do with anything we've talked about, except that it is a food question, but we ask everybody to answer this question, and it is, what did you have for dinner last night? Well, um, I... I got some amazing uh, beans from my friend Cesare Casella uh, from his farm, and I cooked them off the other day, and I wanted to mix them with something. So I found this uh, small, beautiful pork butt on Saturday at the farmer's market that I marinated in oregano, garlic, black pepper, and I slow roasted it for about seven hours. I shredded the meat. I took the juices. I mixed it with the beans. I stewed that a little, and I bought some beautiful Swiss chard and kale. I made took two 
tiny roasted garlic heads and I braised, I braised them in olive oil to like do a little roasted garlic situation, took that oil, cooked the greens with that. I chopped up the stems of the Swiss chard, mixed them all together. As my wife said, it was pork and beans and toast and greens. That's what we had for dinner. Pretty nice. It sounds great. I'm going to give a big shout out to my husband because since I've been, I love to cook, but I've been a little busy these days and he's been doing all of our cooking. So he, I had a leftover meal from last week. He made a chicken tagine. And when we got back late last night, I said, what are we eating? And he brought out Tupperware from the week before and we heated up the chicken Nothing tagine. Nothing better than leftovers. Absolutely nice. delicious. <laughs> and, uh, a big shout out for that. All right. Well, it's great to have you both and I'll see you both soon. Thanks. All right. right, Take care. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much to Nancy and Bill, whose work on wellness in the schools I've admired and tried to support since its inception. You can find the organization at wellnessintheschools.org and follow along on Instagram and Facebook on Wellness in the Schools and on Twitter at Wits in Schools. W-I-T-S-I-N schools. One word. Follow Bill on Instagram and Twitter at Bill Telepan. Follow Nancy on Instagram at nancy.easton. Follow me at Bitman or at Mark Bitman. Thank you as always to Kate, my sometime co-host and always producer, to Davis Lloyd, our wonderful engineer. To you for listening. Come back next week when we'll have someone fantastic. In the meantime, please do subscribe to the podcast and rate it and subscribe to The Bitman Project at bitmanproject.com. Thank you all for listening. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay authenticity guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all. 
jewelry that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love, and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.